You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all the Major League Baseball. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. On today's episode, which is being dropped on the 27th day of January, I'm going to get a little philosophical, and no, I am not going to stick to baseball. This podcast is available in the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbeam, all the places where you get your podcasts. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB, and check out all the great stuff that's going on on Twitter and Instagram with the Locked On MLB uh, handles. There, that's the word I'm looking for. And I'm available at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. I took a few days off because I was feeling really, really sick, and my voice was out. A few things, interesting things have happened. Uh, Alex Gordon is sticking around with the Royals. Uh, I enjoy that. I like that. Alex Gordon has been a Royal for, he's been there for now 13 seasons. He's had some gold glove seasons, some all-star seasons. He's not been the superstar that I think people projected him to be, but he's had a wonderful career. Was a key reason why they won the World Series in 2015. Got a big home run in Game One of the World Series against the Mets. Lifelong Royal, and it's good to have players who are lifelong with their team. We like that, right? We like that he's a lifelong Royal. We like that Joey Votto's a lifelong Red. We like that Mike Trout's a lifelong Angel. We thought. Jim Carlos Stanton was going to be a lifelong Marlin, but that didn't work out because they're the Marlins, and that's how things happen there. Um, a couple of the little things that the last time uh, I recorded a podcast, I talked about um, manager situations, the fact that we needed to have new managers for the Astros, for the Mets, and for the Red Sox. Well, as it turns out that we are still looking to see what the hay is happening with the Red Sox and the Astros. The Astros didn't even have a GM at this point. Now, I thought the Mets really should have hired Hensley Bam Bam Mullins to be their manager. I thought he would make a fantastic candidate. Uh, as it turns out, they went with Luis Rojas, who is part of the Alou dynasty. And he's the son of Felipe Alou and the half-brother of Moises Alou. And, of course, we've had many Alous through the generations. And now Luis Rojas, who's part of that family, is the new manager. He was a minor league manager in the Mets organization. And I have said that I like it when they bring in people who have managerial experience, even if it's only in the minor leagues, because it's a skill. And it also means you're bringing in managers who have done it before, at least at one level or another. I still don't understand why Hensley Mullins doesn't get this gig, but that's no longer my issue. Uh, is Luis Rojas a good manager? I don't know. I honestly don't know if he is. He's a minor league manager. Uh, they're clearly not going to hire someone incompetent, although it is the Mets. But a wrinkle, more than one person has asked me something, and it's leading me to what is um, it's going to turn out to be a little bit of a rant. I'm not even 100% sure where this rant is going to land because I'm having some thoughts and conflicting thoughts. But more than one person has asked me, do you think the Mets are putting 
Luis Rojas in here as like a placeholder. You're a company man. You're mayor's team for this year. And in a year, A.J. Hinch, who's friends with Brody Van Wagenen and a bunch of other people in the Mets organization, his suspension will be over. He was fired from the Astros, but he's still suspended from baseball. He can't even go to the ballpark. His suspension will be over. And here you have this brilliant young manager who was the manager of the Astros when they won the World Series and took them to within one terrible decision of not bringing in Garrett Cole from winning another World Series. He will be available. They can reassign Rojas to somewhere in the organization, and A.J. Hinch will become the manager of the Mets. More than one person has brought up that sort of Machiavellian strategy that this is what may be happening for the Mets. And I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, yeah, that kind of makes sense. That's probably what's going to happen. That is probably what is going to happen. And Rojas will be cool it. Just sit, sit, keep the seat warm for a year. And then you get to manage, you know, I don't even remember what their AAA team. For a while it was Las Vegas, then it's New Orleans. I think it's Buffalo. It might be Syracuse. I don't know. The Mets keep changing their farm teams around on me all the time. Something about that I don't like. And I think it's coming to a point where when people say things like stick to baseball, don't talk about other things going on in the world, politically, socially, stick to baseball. I have to say that sometimes that's impossible to do because baseball does not exist in a vacuum. And many, many times what is happening in the world of baseball reflects what's happening in the outside world. And sometimes it's a positive thing. And when it's a positive thing, nobody seems to be at all reluctant to bring up those parallels, but sometimes it reflects some of the bad things too. And there are some things that are going on in the outside world that are being reflected on baseball right now in ways that are eerily similar to other times when baseball has reflected the bad things as well as the good. Now look, it. I'm going to say this straight up. I understand that sports should be a respite. I understand for the most part it is. When you go to the ballpark and you sit down, if I head over to Oracle Field or I head over to the Oakland Coliseum, which are the two close parks where I am right now, I go to many games at those two parks, I sit down, I don't know if the person I'm sitting next to is conservative or liberal. I don't know if they are born-again Christian. I don't know what their their religion is. I don't know what their sexual orientation or sexual identity is. I don't know anything about it except that we all are enjoying the ball game. And I look at the people who follow me, and I have some young earth creationists on there. I have people who are homosexual. I have people who are women. I have people who are men. I have people who are different races, mixed races, different gender identity, transgender. All these people have followed me and we all enjoy baseball, and that is the beauty of it. And in its purest form and in a vacuum, that would be great. And we don't seem to really mind when 
baseball can reflect something positive on the events of the world outside. You know, the very singing of the national anthem came about when America was in World War I. We don't seem to mind when baseball is there to help you in New York after September 11th or in Boston, the whole Boston Strong and getting everyone rallying around the Red Sox after the, the marathon bombing or people holding up stand-up cancer, you know, holding up the people that baseball's raising money and awareness and some of the people we've lost in baseball to cancer help reflect that in our minds as well or the stuff when the Astros back when that was a positive story helping heal the city of Houston after the horrible hurricanes and floods people don't seem to mind when that happens people don't seem to mind when the success of Jackie Robinson and Henry Aaron and Roberto Clemente force us to look and try to improve where we're standing racially they don't mind when that happens. They don't. No one says stick to baseball when they were wearing the NYPD hats post-September 11th at Yankee Stadium or the fireman hat and the, the Port Authority police and all the different rescue worker hats that they wore then. No one said stick to baseball then. And so if you don't stick to baseball then, you also have to point out when it reflects some of the negative. And it's doing that. It's doing that in a very real and disturbing way. And I believe we have to at least address it because if we don't address it, then we ignore it and it will fester and get worse. Perhaps you saw the awards dinner where Justin Verlander got his Cy Young Award, and he made a comment that the Astros were one of the most advanced analytical and technological organizations in baseball, and that got laughter and anger from CeCe Sabathia. Yeah, he said that, and whether or not it was a mistake on his part or not, Verlander strikes me as a sharp guy. He knows what he said. He's saying, yeah, we cheated, and I'll gladly accept my reward. This is the same guy who always talked a big game about, oh, we got to get something about people stealing signs and this, that, and the other thing. Talked a real big game until it benefited him. Until it benefited him. By the way, the same thing, Verlander, about domestic violence. He was a big, big anti-domestic violence guy spoke harshly about a Astros prospect who was caught committing domestic violence on video. Big, big tough talk then. But when he needed a closer and the team needed to acquire Roberto Asuna, oh, he suddenly was very quiet about that. That was okay. You know, the hypocrisy of it drives me bananas. Brian McCann. Remember Brian McCann back in 2013? I may be getting some of my facts here a little bit wonked out here, but in 2013 on the Old Sully Baseball podcast, I ripped Brian McCann because there was a game where I believe it was Jose Fernandez of the Marlins hit a home run and kind of styled. 
And Brian McCann stood at home plate, refused to let him touch home plate because he didn't like how Jose Fernandez played the game. He's not playing it the right way. And Brian McCann played the phony tough guy, real tough guy. Like, I'm going to, you're not going to step on home plate. He was a complete prima donna, Brian McCann, complete baby, you know, making it all about him because he screwed up. He called a pitch that a pitcher hit for a home run. And he didn't like how the pitcher reacted. Well, guess what? Don't call a pitch that a pitcher can hit for a home run. But he, oh, he was a big, tough guy then about playing the game the right way. There's a way you play the game respectfully. Well, guess what he did? He was in that 2017 Astros lineup, listening to the garbage cans being banged, in listening and taking advantage of an elaborate cheating system. Where is he, the big tough guy? Is that the right way to play the game? Is that the tough way to play the game, Brian McCann? Is that how is that how you play the game right, Brian McCann? Isn't it better to style after a home run than be involved in a big cheating scandal? But we're starting to see that there is no repercussions for this. Oh, there is for the manager, for the GM, but for the people who actually participated, no. There's no repercussions. For the organization, no, there's no repercussions. Not really. Three people will take the fall, but the players who took advantage of it. And we're starting to see that there's a tremendous backlash within the players. The anger that the Astros are just going to get away with it. Maybe the Red Sox, too, in 2018. Now they just get away with it. We know the Astros did. And... We're seeing, because there's no repercussions, the players are going to come to the point to say, well, then why not cheat? Why not cheat? This is the same mistake that was made when the union took the stance of protecting those who did performance-enhanced drugs, the PEDs, instead of protecting those who didn't. So they made it so they had to take PEDs. Well, now it's getting to the point where we're going to have to cheat. Because what, what's the repercussions of it? Think of the players whose careers have been derailed because of this. And we're sending a message. We're sending a message that, you know what, it's okay to cheat. It's okay to break the rules. It is. And yes, athletes are role models. You don't like that they're role models? Tough. Kids look up to them. You know, we send them to hospitals to be role models. We send them for clinics to be role models. But when it comes to doing, if they did something bad, well, they're not your role model. No, 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 no. It's the same thing as reflecting our society. If you're going to accept the good, you have to also accept the bad. You sign the dotted line to be a professional baseball player. Part of what you're signing is kids are going to look up to you. They're going to wear your uniform. They're going to try to act like you. And if you're going to act like a cheat, and get away with it, you're sending a message. Go ahead and cheat. Go ahead and break the rules. Go ahead and break the law, even when it's completely obvious. Yeah, we're seeing that happen somewhere else in our news cycle right now. Yeah, we're seeing that, where you can break the law, do things that are wrong, admit that you did the, broke the law, admit that you did things wrong, and have no repercussions for it. Instead of negatively reflecting it, 
Why not positively reflect it? Why not come, take it off at the past and say, no, here's how you should do it. If you cheat, if you do something wrong, there's going to be some real consequence. For some of the players on there, it should be within the players union who are doing it. If the owners can't do it, the commissioner can't do it, then it's up to the players association. If you were involved in that, boom, you, you sit out a year. You have to give your salary back. You have to return your rings. Hell, I'm getting close to saying we vacate the title. I'm getting real, real close to seeing the pros of that. Look it. We need to look to sports to be better than the rest of society. To be an example. When you see something positive, it is a positive thing. We can point to sports to see it's good. But then we still see lots of negative things. And this has happened over the years. It's still happening now. It's happening with gender issues. You know, just imagine just the idea of Jessica Mendoza's existence gets some people in a tizzy. It's happening with financials. It's happening with, with you know, disparity of wages when we're dealing with players making millions of dollars when minor leaguers not even making a living wage. All these things that sports could be, that baseball specifically, can be positive about. And instead, it's just following the negative parts of what's happening in our society. During the whole PED scandal, what else was happening? When players were trying to get a, take a shortcut, even if it was a damaging shortcut, what else was happening? There was the financial crisis that was built upon people taking shortcuts. There was a massive field called Enron Field as if you couldn't understand the parallels of what was happening. And we see it all throughout history of baseball has paralleled what was going on in the world, whether it was trying to resist it or whether it was embracing it. 72 World Series, the hairs versus the squares, conservative Cincinnati with their buzz cuts representing everything about traditional Cincinnati old school baseball versus Oakland, crazy East Bay, where they had wild hair, wild colors, weird ideas. It became a battleground of ideas that is reflected on the field. This is not new. The migration of our the population meant Brooklyn doesn't have a team. There's all these things that have over the years baseball has reflected and it's reflecting it now, positively and negatively. So in regards to some of the other things that are happening that I'm dancing around to not say, why doesn't baseball take the lead and say, hey, in our world, there's accountability. If you break the rules, there's accountability. There's right and wrong, and we won't reward. Especially if you're wrong, you're found guilty of being wrong, all the evidence points to you being wrong, and to say, well, yeah, but what are you going to do about it? Uh, do something about it and show an example. This is the weirdest offseason we've ever had. And I swear we're going to be talking about trades and signings and all this other stuff coming forward. But this is an important thing to talk about. They got to cut this off at the pass and show that baseball is better.
and makes our society better. It doesn't just run parallel to it. So go to the free and easy to use Himalaya podcasting app. Like us on all the places you like us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram and all those things. And follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball. I'm talking about the parallels of reality in baseball. And we can't avoid them. This is the Locked On MLB Podcast for Monday, the 27th day of January 2020. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.